Hey, this is Spencer. I wanted to jump in at the beginning here with a quick message. So last week we lost Anthony Bourdain and what struck me was the fact that as we all are looking at ways that we can improve our life through improving our career, that here was this guy that had what looked like the perfect career. And, um, you know, he was out there traveling all over the world, eating the best meals, you know, meeting the, the great people of, uh, of the world and, you know, having good drink and food with them. And, and this was on the surface awesome, but beneath that, there was a different story. And it just, you know, teaches us this, this awful, you know, tragic lesson that, we need to do a better job of being there for our friends and family, our loved ones in a more real way and making sure we're there to support them when they need that support. And if you're one of those people that, you know, you feel like um, that's not enough or you need um, you, you, you or you don't have that kind of support, try reaching out to, you know, an organization like the Suicide Prevention Hotline or Lifeline. Their number is 800-273-TALK, 800-273-8255. And their website is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Hello, this is Spencer Lewis, and this is Next Exit Episode 7. And today's career switcher is Nicholas Estrada, an international business executive turned jeweler. Thanks for joining me, Nicholas. Thank you for inviting me, Spencer. No problem. So I'm going to start with a quote uh, that I found online. Um, I, I love this quote. It says, before I came to Barcelona, I did what everybody expected of me. I had to be a businessman, head of company, drive a certain car and live in a certain neighborhood. I came here to get a master's degree in marketing, and I became a jewelry designer. This is a city without limits. You can do whatever you want to do. In my opinion, Barcelona is a wonderful place for people to find themselves. And I wanted to read that quote because that's that's kind of what this podcast is about. It's about people expanding their limits and finding themselves. So it's a a really cool quote. Thank you. So... Why don't you give me a uh, tell me a bit about yourself? Like you know, when you first meet somebody and they they ask you what you do and where you're from, what would you say? So I was born in Colombia in 1972. I am from Medellin, the city that is so popular because of Netflix right now. Yeah. So actually, when I grew up in Medellin, was exactly all these series from Narcos that you see in Netflix now. So it was a pretty tough time. However, I managed to have a very like fun teenage years. And even though there was this war against the drug dealer, I mean, we and my friends, we had a good time and we dated, we went out. I mean, I guess you get used to all kinds of things and you learn how to deal with that and survive everything. So this is where I, where I grew up. Then I went to the United States for a while. Then I went back to Colombia and then I moved here to Europe. 
So I have been here. I, I have been living in Barcelona for the last 18 years. Okay. So you, you came to the United States for school, correct? Yes. So I think when I graduated from high school in Colombia, I went first to study electronical engineering. Then I transferred to a business school. And I think my father thought the situation was so tense at that moment that more or less without asking, he decided that I should move to the United States to study. He went to a university in Boston. My grandfather did as well. So he decided that Boston was a very nice city to live. We looked for a business college. I went to Boston to improve my, my English. And then I was accepted in like in a very prestigious business school that is called Babson College. Babson, okay. Yeah. So what led to you choosing business? Um, was it something that you'd always thought about or was it just, you know, kind of a spur of the moment thing? Well, the frustration of not being able to become an engineer. So like my first dream was to become an engineer like my father. And since I didn't get the grades that I needed during the first semester, I moved into the business university that was like, the math was a little bit easier. It was not so intense, like, like with numbers. It was a little bit more fun. So gotcha. then I, yeah, I, I switched to business and I was doing very well over there. Excellent. So then you graduated from, from Babson. What exactly. happened then? What did you, what, um, where did your career take you? Well, I graduated from Babson in 95. I got a job opportunity in the United States. But to tell you the truth, I was a little bit tired of the extreme seasons that they had in Boston. I was coming from a tropical country where seasons are just like rain or sun but usually the temperature <laughs> is more or less the same the whole year and the snow and the cold weather was so extreme so difficult that when i graduated the only thing that i wanted to do was go back to colombia so i i i, I graduated in in may i went for a graduation trip and i think i was in july in colombia again I don't I, I don't blame you. I've lived in Philadelphia um, or just about for all of my life. And uh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to deal with winters. And I grew up with them, so I understand. Yeah, it's, it's very tough. Yeah. So um, what kind of what kind of work were you doing when you uh, when you graduated? So when I moved to Colombia, I got hired by a bank. So I was um, like uh, the head of treasury and funds in a, in a, in a bank in, in, in Medellin, the city I grew up with. I was there for a year and a half. Then I moved to another company. This was like a textile company. So I was the head of an international, of a production line that was, was like knitting and doing all the underwear for a very big company in the United States. So like our Crombie and Fitch, a structure, Gap, 
Calvin Klein. So I supervised that production. Gotcha. Did you like it? No, not at all. <laughs> Did you not like it at at um? Was it something where you didn't like it at the beginning and it slowly um, uh, or did you like it at the beginning and slowly um, began to dislike it? I think I was all, always in the beginning with a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of expectations. But then everything became so boring after a few months, the routine, the same thing that I lost all interest in what I was doing. So then I was, I met a friend in a club and he told me that he was looking for a young man like me because he was restructuring a very big company that was broken and he wanted to put in a very good position. This guy was well known in my city for doing exactly that. So I. I went to work with him and after a year we restructured the marketing department of this small company because they wanted to sell it to a higher group, like a bigger group that was getting ready in Colombia, preparing for multinationals that were going to enter the market. And when they sold the company, I was in the package. So okay. I went to live in Bogota, the capital city because now I needed to restructure the marketing department of this new conglomerate. And it was a project for one year and a half. And at the end, I was totally burned out. I worked every day, including weekends. This was like the dream job for anybody my age. I was well paid, like very good reputation. This was a company with a very good name. But I was totally burned out and I quit it and I didn't know what to do. So usually what people do when they have no idea what to do is like prepare for an MBA. And I started to prepare the GMAT because I wanted to apply to one of these Ivy League schools like, you know, Wharton and Stanford and Harvard, but I didn't get the, the score I needed. So I started to get frustrated. Since I finished my university, until then, like five years, I never had um, holidays. So I decided to take a break. My sister was living in Barcelona. When I was living in Boston, I lived in a house with a guy from Japan, a guy from Serbia, and a guy from Barcelona. So I decided to take a break come here to Europe for a little while and then decide what I was going to do. So I packed my stuff and I was here in May 2000. It's funny how you ended up kind of, well, you didn't like um, your, your, your original job, but once you didn't know what you, you, um, what you wanted to do, you kind of doubled down and you were going to get your MBA and kind of continue going in that same direction. Yes, because I was, well, how old was I then? I was, this was between my 20, 23 and 28. Like this was this period of my life. I mean, at, at that age, you really don't know anything. And there, were, there, there was no, like, there was no other choice. This is why, why, why I, what I studied. 
I had a very good career because I graduated cum laude. And so there was no other choice. Like maybe look for a better company with a better boss, like better payment. I, there was no no alternative for me. Not at yeah, all. it's. I I've always said that that um, I feel like it's it's really interesting that we force uh, kids at you know seventeen eighteen years old to kind of choose what their career path is going to be when you really don't know anything at that point in time to be able to make that kind of a heavy decision. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you were um so your plan was to go and get your MBA. What happened to change you? Did you you didn't get your MBA, correct? No, I did get an MBA, but here you in did. Europe. Yeah, yeah, I I, okay. I I did a master's in marketing. Not exactly an MBA, but I did what is it called? An MM, Masters in Marketing. I, I don't know if it's if that's the name. Okay. So instead of a Masters in Business Administration, I did a Masters in Marketing here in, in Spain. But at some point you you didn't you decided to change uh, change paths. How did that happen? Well, many things happened when I arrived here. Okay. It was the first time in my life that I was so far away from my surroundings. Like my parents were one ocean away. All my friends were back in Colombia. And this was the first time that I really had time for me. I was, somebody offered me a job when I arrived here, but they were not going to pay me like good money. So I decided not to take it. And I stayed here for the whole summer doing like absolutely nothing i mean i went to the beach i party a little bit i i enjoyed and i think i never had the time to do this before so things started to change a little bit for me and but the v well not the visa but like when you when you travel to another country you have like a three months that you don't need, that you can stay abroad. So this period was ending and I didn't know how to extend my stay here. So I applied to a business school to get my, my student visa. And then it's why, and at that moment I got my, I got enrolled into this master's in marketing. But this was only in the afternoons. So I got, I, I had time for me as well. And my sister was dating a guy who knew a woman who had a jewelry school. When I was in Colombia, I was always very good with my hands. But a man from Colombia at that time, I mean, if you were like very artistic, you go into architecture, you go into industrial design, but jewelry, never. Things have changed very much now. I mean, you can go, you can become a cook, you can become a jeweler, stuff like that. But at my time, this was impossible and not in the city where, where I grew up. So I went to talk to this woman. She accepted me in the jewelry school. So I was doing jewelry in the morning and the, and the masters in the afternoon. And one day I went, to the I went with the classmates from jewelry to see an exhibition. 
And in that exhibition, I saw a kind of jewelry that I never saw before. And then I said to myself, this is the kind of work that I want to do for the rest of my life. So then I realized that most of this work was coming from a very well-known artistic school here in Barcelona. So I went to talk to the professor who was the head of the department and he asked me to transfer, that he was going to accept me. So I transferred. So this was, let's say this was January 2001. I was still doing the MBA, in the, 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 the master's in the afternoon and in the new jewelry school in the morning. Then I finished the master's. I saw that the school was very good for designing, but not very good in the craft. So I enrolled in a craft school in the afternoon. So I was like learning how to design in the morning and then learning how to build in the afternoon. And this sounds very easy, but at that time it was very difficult because, you know, my parents spent so much money in my education. They had all these expectations for me and I had them as well. So changing my life was a very difficult decision and it didn't happen like once. It, it was a process and a very painful process. How did you support yourself while you went to school uh, for uh, jewelry design and, and craftsmanship? Well, the cost of living in Barcelona at that time was not very expensive. Actually, it was pretty cheap. So I had some savings. I sold the car that I had in Colombia and I was living a student life again. I mean, I was living with my sister, with a friend. We had like a huge apartment with many students. We were renting rooms. So it was normal. <laughs> okay. It was it was like a very, very student life. Very, so you, very cheap. You did what you had to do to go on the right, um, to 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 kind of correct the path you are on. Exactly, exactly. But my parents were freaking out <laughs> because they wanted me to continue with the career I had before. And I was not so sure anymore because I was really enjoying this new world that opened for me. And little by little, life started giving me like little signs. Okay. So when I, when I finished in the jewelry school, my project was the best project. Then with this project, I won an award in Holland. Then I won an award in Germany. Then I went for an exhibition in San Francisco because I was chosen uh, for an exhibition of Latin American jewelers. So little by little, life showed me that this was a good decision. Even though it was extremely painful, it was a good one. And now you had like the money problem, like how, okay, so savings were, and like no more savings, no more money. So I started to work for other people in jewelry, like making commercial jewelry for them. I was the studio of a very important brand here. And I continued with the jewelry because this is what I this this is what I wanted to do. And you know, as much as you're freaking out about making the change, um, I kind of 
I, I wonder, like I always do, um, I, I used to describe uh, when you're first dating somebody as it being wonderfully uncomfortable. Exactly. That you, you know, you, you feel uncomfortable because you don't know this other person, but you, you know, it's, it's good. It's a good uncomfortable. And I wonder if it's the same thing that you were feeling that, yeah, you know, um, I feel uncomfortable because I'm leaving this well-paying job behind, but I feel good about the direction I'm going in. I was feeling extremely well. But the people who knew me, they were not feeling that well. Like <laughs> the, the, the the friends I had back home, they all they were always telling me like, "When are you coming back? Uh, you have such a nice life here." But it was actually not a good life. I mean, the the country was very unstable, a lot of violence. But we lived in a kind of bubble, and we were used to that. But here. You see, when I arrived in Barcelona, I remember that, like, let's say, like, in the first month, I went out for, a, like, a big party. And then the after party. And I was walking back home, like, what, 3 o'clock, 3, 3.30 in the morning, totally drunk and all by myself. And nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. And I said, I cannot believe that nothing happens here. This is where I want to stay. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to worry any like anymore. I don't want to feel like somebody is behind me that I'm going to get robbed. Like nothing happened here, and this was this kind of tranquility, like this kind of security. This was amazing. This this couldn't be bought by any money in the world. This was like a privilege in a certain way. So, how did you so? You know, once you uh, once you graduated, you you mentioned that savings uh, started to kind of disappear or dwindle, um, and you you started to make a living. How did you continue to build a career uh, as a jeweler? Well, in the jewelry world, I try to do as many things as I can do, and they also like you also need a lot of sacrifices. So okay. I have sacrificed many, many things. Like I don't have a family, I don't have kids, I don't have a wife. Uh, my life, I'm not going to say that it's very simple, but it's like a very normal life. And it's the life I can afford. I mean, it's a, if I have to send a kid to college or to a nice high school, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. So I live alone in my apartment. And I live from the craft. I mean, I, I make books of jewelry. I have published five books already. I give workshops. I give uh, presentations. And I do jewelry. So I try to do as many things in the field as I can. When you first went into jewelry, uh, so when you graduated, did you take on an apprenticeship or anything like that? Or did you immediately go into a a career like getting paid from somebody else it was very difficult to get an apprenticeship because i even here i had an accent i mean it's very it's very easy for a person from spain to know if that person who also speaks spanish is from somewhere else so i had a latin american accent and like in the, the apprenticeship not everybody wanted to have a latin american apprentice 
So I decided to become a very good jeweler by myself. So I went to do as many courses as I could. I traveled all around. I learned from very good masters, but I didn't, I never got like a position in a company and learned from the business. No, I, I, I learned from, from mentors and professors, but not from the industry. I, I love what you said before about sacrifice, because I think one of the things that's important is a lot of people will you will want to make a change, but not want to actually sacrifice. And I think this is something that's come up before in other interviews that I've given is that one of the first things that you have to do when you're changing careers, especially if you had a very comfortable career, comfortable job beforehand, is sit down and, and, and try and figure out what do you really need in life? Um, and what can you actually give up? What can you sacrifice uh, to, to, to do what you really want to do? And I feel like a lot of people don't want to ask that question. I know this is the first thing that you have to do. I mean, if you want to change life, you have to change life completely. It's very, in my case, it's very difficult to live from the arts and it's all the time like a roller coaster. Sometimes you feel extremely well. Sometimes you are totally depressed. It becomes extremely well again. And then you are depressed again. I mean, it's like all the time you are questioning yourself if you did the right thing, if you choose, if you choose wisely, if it was a good decision. It's extremely difficult most of the times. I think in a day you go through all the emotions mostly every day. Okay. Did you did you set goals for yourself so that you knew you were doing uh, or you were proceeding the way you wanted to proceed? No, I never oh. set any goals. No, I think I have been very open with life, and I have tried to receive every gift that life has given me. And now that I look back, I think that life is always like giving you little blinks. If you take them, then life will give you more. If you don't take them, then life is going to give those things to somebody else. So when I was not sure if jewelry was the right decision, I started to get the prices. Then later on, when the crisis arrived, that everything collapsed for me here, I got another gift. Like go to Germany, like pack everything, rent the apartment, go to Germany to do a, a master's in art. And I did it. I mean, it was a very difficult decision, but I went over there and it turned out to be a very nice decision as well. So I think like my goals, I, I cannot tell you that I have like what I learned in, in the business school, like, okay, what are your short term goals, your mid term, your long term, even if I had them 18 years ago, I would have never thought any of the things that I have reached so far, like five books, um, speaking in the United States for people, having this collection of pieces, 
life has given me ha, has given me so many surprises that this is something that it was impossible to foresee even five years ago. So I no, I don't have my goal. I think my only goal in life is to be extremely well prepared to any gift that life gives me at a certain point. This is my only goal. I love that. You've been a jewelry designer for how long now? Uh, well, I think, yeah, let's say 16. 16, 16 years. years, okay. Um, and so in terms of your the, the, the amount of things that you do, I was looking at your websites. It's, you know, I know you, you, you design and you create, um, you create your art. Uh, you sell your work through, um, you have a studio and, and through other galleries, you write books, you teach, do you teach? And I, I know you speak. I also teach, but I am not like a everyday teacher. It's not that I, that I belong to a school. I do, like, I teach every once in a while. I get invited to a university to give a workshop for five days. I get invited to an event to give a conference. So, the, and, and I, I think I write a book every year and a half, every two years. Okay. Um, and is this, so I, I can imagine you just talking about being open to um, what life kind of offers you. These were things that you didn't plan on, but they were opportunities that kind of came up along the way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they've allowed you to, to, to kind of, I assume they allow you to sustain a career that way. Totally. Yeah, these are the opportunities that, that have been, that have formed me and forged me also because they were hard choices at certain points. But after I finished everything, I realized that it was a good choice. So are there skills that you that you brought with you from your business career that you use to this uh, to this day? Ah, totally. I mean, I, I like to say that I went from yuppie to hippie, but I think in the hippie world, I am the yuppiest. So I am a very organized person, very structured, like more or less good with the numbers. I don't sell products anymore, but I sell myself every day. So actually the marketing and everything is what I apply in my everyday life. I am, because people right now, they don't buy a piece of jewelry. They don't buy a necklace. They, they don't buy a ring. They buy a little bit of you. So if I am not a nice person or if, if I don't meet their expectations, they are not going to buy from me. They will go and buy it from somebody else. So there is, a, there is marketing every day in my life and jewelry has become the only subject in my life i go in the motorcycle i am thinking about jewelry i go to the (laughs) toilet i think about jewelry i take a shower it's only jewelry i go i watch a series but in the back of my mind i am thinking about jewelry so it's it's jewelry is my life and i like it very much and i am very fortunate because it's something that i enjoy that's amazing um, I don't know if you're so your your family and your your friends now that you've kind of come on and you know you've been doing this for 16 years do they see that things uh, w- 
are they happy now that you're uh, with the direction that you've gone in? No, my parents are totally satisfied because they see that I am a very, like, I, I am, I don't know how you say that, but like I, I achieved my, my goal in life in a certain way. I am very successful in what I do. I mean, not money wise, but like in achievement, everything is perfect. I, in my little world, I am a very well-known person. Um, I got everything. So they are very happy about it. That's awesome. I, you know, I just, I love hearing that. I, I hear from people, I speak to people who have artistic genes and they get swallowed up by the business world. And um, I think they, they embody a lot of those worries that your parents have internally. And um, it's just, I think it's helpful to hear that, you know what, it, it may be a lot of work, but ultimately it will satisfy you and it will satisfy those around you. Yes. And I, it's also because of what I told you before, because I don't have this big, big package with me. I don't have the kids. I am divorced. So I don't have a wife. I don't have to support my parents. I don't have to say to give money to my sister. So like I only risk my life. So this is okay. It's, it's a risk that I can assume if you have kids or if you have people who, who depend on you, I think I, I, then things will be totally different. Right. And then the other thing too, is that people add on these things in their lives that are, that they then have to work to support. So you have a fancy car or a fancy house or fancy clothes, you know, have to pay for all these things and um, you can make your life simple and, and therefore make it easier for you to, to, to sacrifice or adjust or do the things that you want to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is, this is the life that I, the life that I chose to live. So I have to live it with, with, with the pros and the cons. And sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's depressing and sometimes it's amazing. And I already know. So I try to enjoy <laughs> everything as much as I can, because I never know how long is it going to last. So so what does the future hold for you? You already said that if you look back five years, you wouldn't have been able to, to tell where you were going. So I know I'm asking a difficult question, but where do you, you know, where do you think your, um, your career is headed from here? Well, I just finished, like I just like, well, it's not that I publish. I mean, the publisher I work for, he just published my, my latest book. So I think I will start working in another book, maybe next year. Um, right now I am trying to, I have like three lines of jewelry. One that is very artistic, one that is more commercial and one that is more luxurious. So I will try to add a lot of work to these three different fields of jewelry to be able to get more market, to get more sales. So this is the challenge right now, like finding new clients, selling much more, and also spreading the work a little bit more. Gotcha. This is my goal right now. So 
not where you you're you've got a lot of experience you've kind of gone through the whole uh you, you know the whole career change what recommendations would you have to someone thinking about you know changing their careers as uh as drastically as you did hmm that's a very difficult it's very difficult to to give these recommendations to people. I think the first thing is that how much are you willing to sacrifice? Because it's going to be very difficult. And not only how much are you willing to sacrifice, like how much can you sacrifice? Because this is going to be very uncertain for a couple of years. So if you can if you can deal with that, then go for it. And also how how longer can you stand living the life you live? Because this is also very difficult. I mean, if you hate the job that you are doing, like I remember when I was in Bogota, Bogota, it's like, I think it's for me, it's one of the most difficult cities on earth. It's a terrible city. And the traffic jams are amazing. So one day I was there in this traffic jam and I took out my calculator and I started to calculate how much time of my life was going to be spent in a car in a traffic jam and i got <laughs> depressed and i said no this is enough i mean i cannot deal with that with this anymore and i think that was the point when i said no bye bye i mean i have to change something here so how 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 much are you willing to sacrifice for a change in your life this is a very important question but and and what you did there, and it's good that you had that foresight, is to recognize that sometimes sacrifice is required to 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 accomplish some sort of gain in your life. You you looked at your life. You said you're spending X amount of time in traffic. This is not how I want to spend my life. I'm going to sacrifice. How much time do you spend in traffic uh, nowadays? No, nothing. I mean, exactly. my, 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 yeah, my, my studio is seven minutes away in my motorcycle <laughs> and that's it. I mean, nothing. And yeah. if I want to go walking in 30 minutes, so no traffic at all. Awesome. Well, final question. If anybody wanted to find out more about your work, um, see what uh, what your designs look like, or uh, if, if, if they wanted to purchase something, what would they do? How would they find you? Well, I have... Like, I would say that right now, my best window to the world is my Instagram. So they can go to the Instagram and they can check for Nicolas Estrada Jeweler. And remember that is Nicolas without H in the middle. So just Nicolas. Or the same in Facebook or my website, which is not very good at the moment. This is something that I have to change also, like a good future project. It's www.nicolasestrada.com Excellent. And I will put links to everything in the uh, description, the show description and show notes. Okay. So thank you so much for taking the time for me. I've really, uh, uh, or taking the time with me today. Uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. No, Spencer, thank you. I mean, it's, I'm very grateful that you think that my life is interesting enough for people to, to hear it. And Excellent. also very, a lot of gratitude to the people who are going to listen. And if they want to drop me an email, it's okay as well. I mean, Excellent. I am a very open person to everything. Hey, thanks for joining. 
If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can get that to me. You can go to the website, which has links to everything. Uh, NextExit.site is the website address. Uh, you can also reach out to me on Twitter at NextExitPod. Uh, same on Facebook, Next Exit Pod. You can search uh, search for that there. And any of those ways, you can leave me feedback. Another thing that would be extremely helpful, uh, I've mentioned it um, after every episode, if you could leave a, some feedback uh, and a five-star rating on iTunes, it really helps get the words at, word out. And finally, share it with your friends and your network uh, because there's people out there who would love to, to change their situation, and I'm, I'm sure they'd be interested in hearing from people who have. You have a good week, and take care of yourself.